bit of this. The way you like, as a watching the film, you were like, go on, get back out the hole. Yeah. Get back out the hole. <laughs> and a bit of this. And he's a really important artist. All oh, right, we should mention him a bit more often. Yes. Yeah. Goya. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Modern Art is Rubbish. Episode number 17. Are you all right, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right, Marcus. How you doing? That was my scary voice. Yeah, it was a little... I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. Yeah, it's very unnerving. <laughs> and that's funny you were unnerved. Well, no, it's not funny you're unnerved. In fact, that's not a nice thing to say, is it, to be happy that you're unnerved. But funny you're unnerved because we are having a Halloween special where we are going to be looking at disturbing images. We, what is the actual episode called? Don't know. Don't know, yeah. Okay, we'll come to that later. Yeah, Halloween special. Halloween, so yeah. uh, I would say it may not be suitable for young children to Well, surely, to. like, it's not just young children who get scared by... Anyone who gets scared, scared. by two fellas talking about some scary pictures. <laughs> <laughs> So, firstly, we're going to talk about, I've selected three paintings to look at that are disturbing. Yeah, but I mean, we're doing all these scary voices. I, I, I've got a feeling they're not going to be that disturbing. No, but <laughs> no, they're not really. Well, no, as somebody watches a lot of horror, Tom, I'm, I know. We're, we're talking about disturbing in a sort of PG sort of way, or? yes. Yeah. About as scary as the scary bits of E.T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, maybe not E.T. What's what's like scary than um, The scary bits of Police Academy. Police Academy. What's, what's <laughs> the, the hole. Before they go down the hole. That is quite scary. Have you ever seen that film? Um what a hole well it's a film it's a film about a hole the funny thing <laughs> was it was really good it was a, it was a I think it was like a PG-13 but it was scare. it was scary it was about a hole but it but when they went down the hole it wasn't scary anymore oh right yeah so they weren't like minors they were just like when I say minors I mean in no 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 <laughs> working underground they were just regular people going into a hole Yes, yeah. well, they were like children, and and it was all really scary. And when they were when they went into the hole, it was I think it was supposed to be scary, but the director didn't pull it off as well. So it was like reversal. The outside was scary, and in the hole where you expect the horror to happen, it yeah. was actually pretty like cozy. It was like there. it was like a bit of a horror letdown, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so that's about as scary as the hole. So were you like, as a watching the film, you were like, go on, get back out the hole. Yeah. Get back out the hole. <laughs> That's where the real fear is. <laughs> but sometimes it is. It's the fear of the unknown. Hello. 
yeah. right so the first painting is uh it's an academic study of a skeleton and it's smoking a cigarette okay yeah. great yeah that's not really scary is it but it's it's disturbing I suppose, to someone who hasn't seen a skeleton smoke a cigarette before. It, well, it's it's got a sense of humour about it, hasn't it? Well, yeah. Because I mean, you don't... When you see a skeleton... I've never seen a skeleton smoking before. No. Yeah, so it's like... It's a bit silly, isn't it? Because skeletons... They, they, have, they have other business to get on with. Yeah, they don't yeah. sit around Being dead is one Being of them. <laughs> <laughs> so this was actually painted in 1886 by Vincent van Gogh. And... Uh, Whilst he was in, uh, he was studying in Antwerp. Uh, he would have painted that, and we will have links on the website to this. So, if you want to go on the website first and see the artworks we're discussing, yeah, you of course so can. You w- you wouldn't recognise it as Van Gogh. It's not one of his most famous pieces, I guess. No, no. And you don't expect that sort of humour from from yeah. our our beloved Vincent. Certainly before his his darker days, I would say. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That's Ch- chirpy Vincent. Yeah, <laughs> it would make a good advert for stopping people smoking. They could have this on the side of cigarette packets, couldn't they? Yeah. Well, skeletons do not smoke. <laughs> 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 right. So. On to the next one now. This is called Deterioration the Mind Over Matter, and it's a 1973 painting by an artist called Otto Rapp. Now, what's quite interesting about this picture is it's one of those ones that's, he's not really that famous, this artist, but this this picture has been circulated quite a lot in lists of like the 10 most disturbing paintings on the internet. And it's just kind of became like quite a cult picture in the internet. And what it is, is I'll use the actual artist's description of it. It's a picture of a decomposing human skull firmly ensconced in some devilish birdcage in which the raw gore of man's physical being lies lifeless at the base. So is this an actual painting on a canvas somewhere? Yes, I don't know. I think it might even be in his collection. He's just uploaded it to the internet. And it looks like a cross between a Salvador Dali and a Francis Bacon. So he's possibly hasn't even sold this painting. No, and it's no, quite it's widely shared. So we could, we could like, maybe after the show, should we go and buy it? Yeah, get a bit of an offer in. And we can it. keep talking about it. The yeah, value of it might go up. Slightly. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's not that one. It's his, it's his other works. <laughs> it's not by I rap at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's not discuss it before we buy. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, is would you get this painting out if you're inviting your mum or your your family over for a for dinner would you and your nephews and your little nephews and nieces are coming round yeah I, I personally I not wouldn't like to censor it from my family I guess it's not it's just a picture that someone else drew it's not like the uh, I find it, it a bit disturbing if I'll be honest you find yeah you can't look at it that's why I'm holding it towards you and not towards me yeah I don't I don't, yeah I quite I quite yeah, I don't mind it I don't know if I'd have it but I'll find it quite interesting what happens if I move it I'm currently moving the picture I, around in a circular I motion I can't see it then <laughs> <laughs> just looks like Tom York oh no not Tom York <laughs> oh no now I'm thinking of the Tom York baby who's who's grabbing the money and Jesus comes in the room 
<laughs> that, <laughs> but those a few that uh, didn't understand what that random reference was, that was me talking about our babies special, which there will be a link on the webpage too. Right. Yeah. The final in our trio of paintings that I want to talk about is one by the Spanish artist Goya. And it's a picture that he did of a uh, of a myth and it's called Saturn devouring his son. Now I've heard of Goya. He's quite well known yeah. painter, isn't he? Goya is a Spanish artist and he uh he was uh born in 1746 and he died in 1828 so he lived through the times when there was like the napoleonic wars were happening so it's quite a turbulent time in history and he himself also suffered two near fatal illnesses and uh was pretty much deaf in in older age now well, at least two because he died didn't he well yeah <laughs> <laughs> he died in the third one um yeah. So what he did was uh, he painted this image and it was actually painted on his wall. So it's a graphic image of Saturn feasting on the headless corpse of his young son. The child's head and part of the left arm look to have already been consumed and he grabs tightly round the waist of his son as the uh, hungry Saturn is taking another bite from his child so, yeah so do you think he was painting from his own experience of his father or being a father i don't know i think it's showing a turmoil a within turmoil. his yeah. within his mind i mean it's a very interesting uh, image as well and you know the story of it was that uh saturn who's actually based on the uh, on the greek god cronus basically he heard of a prophecy that one of his children was going to overthrow him so what do you do you know you hear that your children are going to overthrow them. You, you just, eat you eat them. Yeah, you've got a history. I mean, you've overthrown your own father. Uh, so, you know, yeah, you eat them. <laughs> you eat them. Logically, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. There's, I don't, isn't there other stuff you could do rather than just eat them? There must be a... I mean, eat them's pretty guaranteed, isn't it? Can you I just mean, put them up for adoption and not tell them who they yeah, are? Yeah, but they could come back to haunt you. If you eat them, at least you know the worst that's going to happen is you'll have an upset stomach or something. Well, it's, you'd think that was quite, a, a, quite an effective strategy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> quite, well, but his wife, Ops, manages to hide uh, their son, Jupiter, on the island of Crete. So, of course, what happens is Jupiter comes along and overthrows him. All oh, right, yeah. So his strategy of eating your children never works. And you can't come back from being overthrown. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... What's really interesting, it was called Saturn Devouring Sun, but it was actually named after his death because uh, Goya, towards the end of his life in his 70s, he bought a house and he lived there and he didn't really go out much. And he painted 14 really dark paintings on his walls. So this was like his decoration. And when he died, they were actually chipped off the wall, a bit like Banksy, I suppose, and they were put on canvas and they're now mostly in the uh, Prado in Madrid. Wow, yeah. Now you've got to understand at the time there was a lot of war going on. Spain was uh, uh, having a lot of uh, civil 
civil tension and particularly because Napoleon was uh, occupying parts of Spain as well. He was probably trying to uh, stave off his son from eating him as well, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Goyo had a son, but he, I don't know how hungry his son was. So you can see there's another one he did. I've got another one he did here, which is called The Witch's Sabbath. And uh, you've got the uh, Satan has appeared to a, sort of like a coven of witches. And it's kind of like late at night, it's in the moonlight, and uh, Satan's appeared in the form of a goat. Wow. He's been very intimidating. Oh, Satan is a goat? I didn't, yeah. didn't realise that was a goat. It just looks like a witch's outfit with a little baby. I think there's a witch's outfit with a little baby there. But the thing is, again, this, these paintings were literally just for himself. So he's, he's done 14 different dark scenes, and they're all around is his place. Is this Goya again? Yes. Wow. Sounds in quite some quite dark places in his uh, final years. He was, was worried he was about his sanity, and you know he'd seen a lot of horrific things. Uh, probably talk about Goya in future episodes as well because he's when well, he's a really important artist. All right, we should mention him a bit more often. Yes. Yeah. Goya. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes artists want to, uh, how would I describe it? As an artist, sometimes you want to imbue your work with life. So you, it's almost like being Frankenstein of, of art and you're trying to make your, where even when you're doing a drawing, you're trying to put life into the characters or into the, the sculpture or the thing that you're making. Yeah, so... Um, what I was going to say, which is a totally ridiculous question, yeah, so I'm not going to bother with it. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, that's why that question. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, the first one, is a it's a bronze sculpture of Perseus. Now, Perseus is from Greek mythology, and he's standing there holding up the head of the Medusa. And the Medusa was a mythical creature who had snakes. Snakes for hair. Snakes for hair. And if you look at her directly, she turns you to stone. Oh yeah, that was a that was the thing with Medusa, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, I can handle the snakes for hair, but then the look thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it the snake? The snakes didn't make you turn to stone, though, did it? Yeah. No, it was the look, wasn't it? Just so, one little look, and so uh, she could have gone. not. She may not have even needed the hair. The yeah, the hair was just like it's just like style, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have snakes. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want a perm? No, I want snakes. Yeah, but the magic power is the look, isn't it? Yeah, she's yeah. got the look. That was a song by Roxette in the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But Maybe, it wasn't about uh, Medusa, was it? If anyone knows, let us know. I'm pretty... Yeah. yeah there's, there's definitely songs by, um, about Medusa. Turn to Stone Turn by ELO. Yeah, well, I don't know. Is that directly about Medusa? No, I think it's about just turning to stone. Which right, yeah. I don't know who else, but there must be other circumstances. So this sculpture we're looking at of Perseus with the head of Medusa was created by... Benvenuto Cellini 
and he was a Florentine and he was born in 1500 and died in 1571 and it stands in a piazza in Florence. So he actually made it out of bronze because for him there's this feeling that the act of pouring molten bronze into the mould is kind of like imbuing it with life so it's like it's, it's like the lifeblood there's that idea hence calling it perseus like which is a name that gives it like we discussed the, on the mona lisa episode it's like a you talk about it like a real person this art piece yes it's one of these statues that you he's he's up there with michelangelo's david it's kind of quite an important one and he stands quite near to where Michelangelo's David would have originally stood. Michelangelo's David? Yes. So that stands in Florence as well? Yes. So it is is, but, but Michelangelo's David is actually inside now, but it used to be outside. Yeah, because I mean, Florence is a big art city, so art lovers around, around the world that visit Florence will see all these statues, yes. I guess. So it's in yeah. a quite a great place. Yeah. Yes, it? yes. So you can imagine now the idea of, uh, and I've talked just to, I spoke about that earlier about the idea of trying to make things come alive. Now there's another artist who does sculptures and performances, and he's a French artist, and he's called Olivier de Sagazan. Now he, uh, you watched the video of this, and he's an artist that in his performances he works with a lot of clay, mm. and he almost has a wish to make his sculptures come alive and the way that he does it is by actually becoming the sculpture so in these videos and we'll put a link to it he's he's kind of writhing around and putting clay on top of himself so <coughs> these performances he always does in his gallery and films them and the film is the video is that right is that how the performance works yes yes the, the the performances and the video is just the the the, the documenting of the performance so in in this one i mean the one that we're actually looking at is uh, that we've put a link to is hybridation just as Cellini tried to give his sculptures life he's trying to give life to his own sculptures and what he does is he covers himself in clay and he actually becomes the sculpture so he's almost inside this thing and his performances he moves around and he he does strange consortions and he's trying to express also this kind of like animal side i think of us you know this side that we don't see this kind of side that doesn't speak language i think you need to watch them to get what i mean but it, they're quite they're quite dark i think yeah well they're they're, yeah, they're quite. It's quite mental, isn't it? Yeah. So when I first saw it, I just laughed because it was like <laughs> it just looked like a bunch of artists with too much time on the hand in the art studio with all the art materials. They were just like lathering themselves in it, yeah. dancing around, and joining their faces together and stuff. It is quite macabre to watch. But this interesting thing that the artist actually said, and this is his quote from his website, is. To erase his face is to ask the question of his identity. The puppet and the puppeteer that we are must find his true face buried under the mud. Metamorphosis is a way of questioning the unnameable that we carry in us. 
what he's trying to do is he's almost trying to give a voice to that strange animal side of us. It's good how he says the uh, puppet and the puppeteer. Yeah. That was good because he is becoming part of the sculpture, but also manipulating as well, isn't he? Yes. Nice, yeah. nice note to end on there, Tom. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the final one I've picked is quite a famous one. But again, about people putting work into themselves, putting themselves into their work. So I thought, give that thing. And Mark Quinn, the artist, has literally done this now. In 1991, he cast a sculpture of his head from nine pints of his own blood. So you can imagine, you have to create a mould of your face and then you have to keep it. In, in a sort of like a special refrigeration unit because the thing would melt otherwise. Yeah, nine plants your own blood. He's only going to do that from uh, a locked mental ward. Yeah, well, I suppose it takes... I mean, I I got a bronze. I got a bronze thing for, for, for blood, but then I always used to get sick and I've had times when I haven't been able to. So What's I a bronze? What does a bronze mean? It means I gave a lot of blood. So, but you didn't give nine pints, surely? <laughs> I haven't. I have given a. I think I gave about ten points over my period of time. All right. Yeah. So, in how many sittings was that? That's a lot of sittings. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So he would have had to like pl- plan this and do separate sittings because yeah, otherwise, if you lose a lot of blood, that's not good. Is no, it? I. I assume it's bad news. Could, I mean, when you give blood, you only give about. You can only give a point at a time. At the time, but the, what makes it worse, that the first time he did it, he was actually an alcoholic. So you can imagine he's quite dependent on 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 alcohol. And he wanted to create a sculpture that also had that kind of same dependency on something. And that same needed, you know, it needed to uh, something external to survive. Uh, you know, the blood. External fluid. Well, yeah. The, well, no, also because the blood has to be kept frozen. Otherwise it melts. Oh, right, does it? So, so what he's done is he's put his blood in a mould and then what's he, <coughs> how's he made it go hard like that? You freeze it, it has to be kept frozen. Funny you say that because actually um, Charles Sartre, who originally owned the first one, there is a rumour, although I don't know if this was to just get the price up, yeah. that builders came into his house once and they were doing uh, work at the request of his uh, then partner, Nigella Lawson, the celebrity chef. And apparently the builders just uh, accidentally unplugged the refrigerator and they noticed a kind of red liquid oozing out of the of their their fridge. And they got divorced after that, did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did they? They did, didn't they? Yeah. Well, well I don't know. It was in 2002 when that allegedly happened. But yeah. he, he went on to sell the head, so I assume that there was some deal done. Oh, right. So yes, so it has to be kept frozen, and and he actually makes uh, every five years he actually creates a sculpture himself out of his own blood. Yes. All right, so that's one of his like materials that he uses regularly. Yes. So so he's making a sort of portrait of himself, and the also the idea is as well is not only is he putting himself into the work, it looks like him, it's also made up of him, 
and also all the information, all that DNA information, all the biological information is all contained within his sculpture. It's not very eco work if it's got to be refrigerated the whole time. Yeah, that's not very good, is it? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so when, what era is this, when this was created? Well, 1991, and it's been ongoing since. Yeah, so, so he makes one every five years. Yeah, so he's done, what, five other pieces? or Yes, approximately five other ones. Yeah, five. Yeah, five, five in total, including that one. Mm. Yeah. All right, so all, all of his works that he's made out of his blood are off his head. Yes, he's done yeah. other works. Yeah, but he's not that impressed with his doing one of his arse or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen, I've seen, the, I've seen the bloodhead myself and... Um, one of the six. Yeah, I've seen it. It's it's interesting to see it, right, and yeah. it's an interesting concept. But as a piece, I don't know. I don't know if the right word standing next to a refrigeration unit and saying it left me cold. Oh uh, yeah. But I didn't get any kind of emotional. I think it was more of an interest than a yeah a kind of anything profound. Freezers, fridges, they're generally not good places to enjoy art. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, that's the end of our... our, Well, I don't know if it was spooky. I hope everyone wasn't too freaked out. Uh, Well, we we should put in some spooky music. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom... Yeah. Anything else to add? <laughs> Tom, are you changing? Do you not like other podcasters? This is almost like Michael Jackson's thriller. Welcome to the scare zone. <laughs> In that case, I think... Um, oh, look, there's... Oh, oh, my God, it's Kenzie. Kenzie the cat. The black cat. So, it's just left to say, uh, please... Uh, you can check us out or get in contact with us on the Facebook page of Modern Art is Rubbish. Email us on info at modernartisrubbish.com. We always love to hear from you and we do eventually get back to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, if you do you listen to us on iTunes, if you can subscribe and give us a five-star rating, that would be fantastic. Or listen to us on Spotify. And also... Uh, our Patreon page it does cost us uh, money to do this um, and if you could go onto the Patreon page and become a patron that would be fantastic uh, and our Patreon page is uh, patreon.com forward slash modern art is rubbish and then it's just time for our advice bye 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 bye, bye. bye.